You are listening to the Piedmont Church Podcast. To learn more about Piedmont Church, including our gathering times in Macon, you can visit us online at piedmontchurch.net. We're in 1 Timothy. We're taking a break from our sermon series in Luke uh, to just kind of zone out uh, of a focus point of Jesus' ministry and kind of shift our focus to the church for a Sunday. And so Paul uh, is, if you don't know, an apostle of Jesus. He's, he has had a radical shift uh, at one moment in life uh, when he was named Saul. He was the guy that held coats for people who killed Christians. And uh, he was a part of the first Christian martyr murder. And um, Saul one day has this interaction with the Lord and becomes a follower and becomes Paul and goes out and begins to lead Christ church and in doing so he makes disciples because that's what disciples do right we make other disciples and so on this path on this journey he runs into a young man named Timothy Timothy uh, Paul calls him kind of the son in the faith uh, and goes with him on various journeys and ends up pastoring a church in Ephesus and that's when Paul writes Timothy a letter we we entitle it first Timothy he ends up writing him a second letter called second Timothy Now, in this letter, what Paul is really trying to get Timothy to do is to understand and lean into the pastoral calling and what it means to oversee the church and what it means to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, which is what we read uh, over and over again. The apostles, that's what they were doing. They were raising up leaders and making disciples who could go out then and lead others to make more disciples. And so you have a leadership structure and a system in place to see people come to faith in Jesus and then better minister to them when they've come to faith in Jesus. And so he's looking at Timothy and he's talking about some of the specific issues that are happening in the church. And there's issues about false teaching and there's issues uh, about uh, how Sunday morning operates and some of these other things. And he gets to this place in the very first part of his letter where he wants to kind of lean in to the gospel for Timothy. And I think this is important for you and I, because as we talk about this morning, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about this idea of the Sunday morning gathering and its purpose. And its purpose is to equip the saints, to encourage us, to to have us come together and spur each other on for the work of the ministry. And so what Paul's going to do is he is going to have us lean in, have Timothy lean in to an, an understanding of the gospel. Oh, but we, we know the gospel, Chris. We, we've, we've talked about it. We've, we've known it for a long time. And I think Paul would say, inspired by the Holy Spirit, you never mature out of the gospel. Like it is so simple, but yet so complex. And it is the core and the key and the foundation of everything that we do. And one of the things that Paul points out to Timothy, he points out to, to me and you, is in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18, after he's talked about some of the, uh, the false teaching and how you kind of deal with those things, and he's kind of highlighted uh, some of his failures in life previously before Jesus, but then magnified how, how glorious God is. He, he gets to this verse, in verse 18 he says, This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child. He could be saying this to to me and you almost, right? In accordance to the prophecies previously made about you, wage the good warfare. Other translations say fight the good fight. Why are we equipping people? Why are we trying to make disciples? Because we are to fight 
the good fight. We have been called into a family with the Lord. We've been made servants through the sacrifice and the uh, just the service of Jesus. And then he's called us into the missionary work of being missionaries. And as a missionary, as a disciple, you have been called to fight the good fight. In Ephesians 6.12, it, it says that really everything that's happening has a spiritual dimension of battle to it. And so we do quiet times in the morning as Christians, as individual believers. Why? To prepare our hearts for the good fight. We go to church for what purpose? To prepare our hearts for the good fight. We say it time and time again here at Piedmont. Like we gather to then scatter because the gathering does a couple of things. It does two things I want to point out to us. The first thing it does is it encourages us. And the second thing it does is it fixes our eyes. So we gather to encourage each other and to fix our eyes so that when we scatter, we can go out and fight the good fight. I want to focus on those two things, encourage and fix our eyes. The second I want to hit first, the latter, fix our eyes. What, what do you mean by fix our eyes? So right here, Paul is writing to Timothy and is encouraging him to pastor the church well. And in beginning in our text, verse 12, I want to walk you through a few things. He says, I thank him who has given me strength. Who is him? Christ Jesus, our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. There's that idea, that, that identity, that when we become Christ followers, when we are made into his image through his sacrifice, and we've said yes to the gospel, we've repented of our sins and put our faith in him, we have been brought into what? Service. We are now servants. Verse 13, though formerly, I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and insolent opponent. This is that idea of repentance. Like formerly we, we were these things, we were dead in our trespasses. It doesn't matter if you weren't exactly like Saul and you weren't out holding the coats of people who would murder others. We were all dead in our trespasses, sinners separated from the glory and the grace of Jesus. But yet the story isn't over there. He's given us a way and this is the gospel. He says, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed. For with me, for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Jesus Christ, he came into the world to save sinners, to save those people who were blasphemers and persecutors and insolent opponents. He came to save you. He came to save me. And then Paul says, I am the foremost of those sinners. You ever feel like that? You ever feel like, man, how could God ever forgive me for the things that I've done? How, how could he ever allow me to be in his kingdom? How could he ever choose me? And that's the glory and the picture of the gospel is that I can't answer how, but I can't answer why, because he loves you. I don't understand completely why he does that. Why would he allow someone like me who ran from him for so many years and in so many ways spit in his face and I was the one who, who, who put the nails in his hands and in his feet. I was the one who put the, the crown of thorns on his head and put him through all the pain and all the anguish. Why would he choose me? I, I don't know outside of this because he says he loves me. Because he says he loves me and because of that love he went through that pain. He watched me bury the nails 
And he still says, I'll forgive you if you repent and come to me. Paul says, I'm the foremost. And then he says, continuing in verse 16, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. And I love this last line, verse 17, to the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Here's what Paul is saying. On one spectrum as a sinner, I was the foremost. I was the worst. If you wanted to see somebody who, who, who was running from Christ, who was running from God, I was, I was leading the pack. But because of that, Christ's glory is shown that much further because now that I'm a new creation in Him, and people may even remember some of the, the bondage and the baggage that I've either carried or given them because of the sin in my life, He can now be displayed because they see a different person. They see someone who's living in light of the gospel, who walks as somebody who loves God, loves people, and invests in His kingdom, and they go, how? How could this person ever be this way? And here's the answer. It isn't because anything I did. It's because everything He did. It's His grace, His glory. He took me from death to life. And so when we gather as a church on Sunday morning, the first thing we wanna do is we wanna say that to each other. Like we wanna fix our eyes on the glory of who Jesus is and the gospel. That every single person is fallen, but the story doesn't end there. He's come to give us newness in life. And so we fix our eyes on that good news. And then the second thing, really that first one that I talked about, right? So we had encourage and fix our eyes. This is why we gather. So we fix our eyes on Jesus. And the second thing, the reason why we gather is to encourage. I want you to think about this. When you come to church on a Sunday morning, what's your thought process? What's the purpose? What's the reason? I don't, I don't want to beat you up over the head or anything, but I think a lot of us think about Sunday mornings for us. It makes us feel good. It resets our week. It helps us uh, fix our eyes, which is great. But here's the thing. If, if that fixing of our eyes on the gospel never moves from an internal focus about our life to a focus of somebody else and loving people, then I'm not sure that we've completely gotten a picture of the grace and the glory of God. Because He shows and displays His gospel to us in His glory. Not so that I can be alone saved, but that I can be saved from sin for people, right? I've been brought into this work, this warfare, to help others see the glory and the goodness of Jesus. So when you come to church on a Sunday morning, how often are you thinking about somebody else? How often are you thinking about the, the gathering of the saints? How can I spur on another believer? Do you show up early? Do you stay late? Or do you get here, you know, a few minutes, drop your kids off, or a few minutes early, get some coffee, have a seat, listen to what I would hope would be a good sermon, actively engage in, in some songs, sing and worship, maybe have a few moments of prayer, and then you, you leave, and you go to lunch, and you go about your life. See, I think what Paul is trying to get Timothy to see, what God wants us to see in the church today is that when we gather for the church, like we should encourage each other. 
We should show up early and stay late. We should volunteer in places. We, sh we should make this a family. This should be an opportunity for us to push each other in love, to really connect with each other. That meet and greet time that we do during the service isn't just a segue. I know it's short, I know it's not long, but I have had great conversations and, and meaningful contact with people at times in those two minutes to just say, man, hey, how are you? I've missed you, I love you. Let's, let's catch up this week. Can I get your number? Let me, let me text you. Like how often are we seeing the Sunday morning time as a time to spur someone else on? Is this church a family for you? And if it's not, maybe, maybe ask you this, why? I think sometimes we, we, we can sit back and go, the church isn't a family for me or I don't have connections here because the church hasn't connected with me. And I would just push back a little bit and say, look, we, we might have, we're not perfect, but what have you done to connect with us? And I'm hoping us is you, like you are us. Maybe you have a seat at the table and you're struggling with connections. And so you are for, for sure an us. Have you, you know, got connected with an MC, a missional community? Are you serving? Do you come early and stay late? Do you look for opportunities to meet with people? Maybe this is your first couple of Sundays. Maybe it's your first time here and some of this you're going, oh, this doesn't apply to me. I wanna call you to something deep and something great. I wanna call you to dive in to Piedmont Church. Like make this place your home. Get a seat at the table, become a, a member, was the language we use, seat at the table. And encourage each other. Encourage me to be a better pastor, to be a better husband in, in, in Christ, to be a better father in the gospel, to be a better friend. And I wanna encourage you to do the same thing. So that's why we gather on a Sunday morning, to fix our eyes on the glory and the grace of Jesus, but then to encourage each other. So what we're gonna do here in just a moment is we're gonna have a time of reflection and prayer, and we're gonna have a time of worship, and then the service is gonna be over. And I wanna encourage you for the service to not be over, but maybe a mindset of maybe the service just beginning. And here's what I mean. We're gonna go through the time of prayer so we can fix our eyes on the gospel. We can fix our eyes on repentance. We can fix our eyes on getting rid of some of the things that should be now behind us and, and put our faith and our hope in the things that are in front of us, the cross, Jesus. And then we're gonna make a proclamation through song and then the service is gonna be over and here's where the service begins for you. Take a few minutes to find somebody in the room and say one encouraging thing to them. Pull them aside. Have an, have an encouraging conversation. Figure out one way, so that's the first one, right? One encouraging thing to somebody in the room. The second one, figure out one way to connect with somebody this week and encourage them in the faith. Maybe, look, there's a vast majority of people in this room that I would, I would imagine that you may not know. Maybe an encouraging thing to them could be more than welcoming and friendly but to be engaging and to say, hey, come and be in the family of God with me here, people. Come be at my MC. A lot of MCs are meeting this week. It's the second week of the month. And so a lot of us are meeting on either Wednesday night or Sunday after church or some met this morning. Invite somebody to your MC. Let's start seeing Sunday morning as more than just an expression or a time of gathering as like a concert, but more like the early church where we gathered together for a time of prayer and teaching and fellowship. 
where we encourage each other to fix our eyes on Jesus. And then we encourage each other to fight the good fight every single day. And in order to encourage people, I gotta know them. So let's get to know people today. Let me pray. Lord, as you've called us to love you, to love others, and to invest in your kingdom, God, help us to, to rid ourselves of this performance, of this uh, sit and receive relational type thing that we've built at the church. That it isn't just about us getting to church at a certain time and dropping kids off and moving this place and eating some donuts and some coffee and then sitting down and receiving a lot of things and being consumers. But God, help us to be actively engaged and involved in a service together, in a corporate gathering where we all bring our stuff to the table and we lay them at your feet. Help us to care for each other in a way that's radical, in a way that would cause those outside of the church to go, wow, those people might seem a little weird, but they sure do love each other. Almost in a similar fashion to what Paul is talking about in this letter to his young disciple of like, we were once this, but now through Christ's magnification and his love, people are seeing something different in us. God, help us to become less so you can become more. Help people to see something different because we have fixed our eyes and we are running the race with endurance because you have gone before us and you endured the cross. God, help us to love each other well. Help us to be that church. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen.